Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. Hello everybody, Sam here. Just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast and the ICU Facebook page, we could really use your support. Every share and positive review helps us out enormously. But you can go even further than that, if you like, by signing up to our Patreon. You can join Club ISY from just £2 plus VAT a month, and in return, you'll get early access to every single story and podcast. And you can even earn exclusive content like compilation episodes and I See You stories that you won't find anywhere else. And if you don't fancy paying monthly, you can now sign up on an annual basis and save 10% on the cost of your subscription. Your support is the only thing keeping this endeavour going, so if you're enjoying the page and show, do please consider signing up at patreon.com slash stories. As always, I'm eternally grateful for all of your support, and I hope you enjoy the show. Here you go, Sam. One latte, almond milk for super certain. No more dicky bum time for you, boss. I'm sure of it. Thanks, David. Have a seat, please. I wanted to have a chat about your, um, proposal. Oh boy, consider me sat. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Well, first of all, it's very thorough. It's like Father always said, Sam. Prior preparation and planning prevents piss-poor performance. Now drop and give me twenty, maggot! What? <laughs> Nothing. Right, um, back on this thing, sometimes you can over-pitch, okay? These twenty pages, for example, they're, they're just drawings of Fiona Bruce. Just a bit of texture. She's my absolute favourite newswoman. Poised, precise, factual... Perfect pronunciation and a smooth, even tone. Professionalism in its purest form. That's our Fiona. I'd love to bend her ear one day and then apologise, because that's a weird thing to do, isn't it? Oops, (laughs) sorry, Fiona. Consent is very important. Well, they're very flattering pictures, David. They're just unnecessary. Just, um, just out of interest, what's, what's your opinion of my technique? I'd like to move on, please. Oh, okay. Well... Look, I've given it some thought, and it's not the sort of thing we'd normally greenlight, but given the current situation with so many children out of school, we're making an exception. Congratulations on your first proper work assignment, David. Welcome to the team. Oh, wow! This is the best day ever! Thanks, boss. I promise I won't let you down. I'm going to go and make a start on this right away. Yippee-ki-yay, eh, mother truckers! Hi there, everybody. I'm David Stenier, reporting from the field. I hope you're wearing your wellies because it's raining and the field is soaking wet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, Graham, I know the proposal wasn't very good, but I just need him out of here, alright? Guy creeps me out. You're listening to IC News. The only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. The row between the EU and Britain over vaccines deepens, as it turns out that the raging erection the AstraZeneca jab gives to Brexiteers wasn't flagged as a potential side effect in clinical trials. 
Britain becomes only the fifth country to pass 100,000 Covid deaths, meaning that if Boris Johnson had a pound for every Brit killed by his incompetence, he could probably pay a month's worth of child support. Only five Republican senators joined Democrats to vote against a House ruling seeking to prevent the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump, meaning that as things currently stand, it's unlikely the Senate will find the former president guilty. I'd fuck GameStop off if I were you, and instead start investing in American guns, flak jackets and pointy white pillowcases ready for 2024. And finally, Samantha Cameron tells Woman's Hour that Brexit is severely impacting her fashion brand. While staff at the Large Hadron Collider search in vain for a violin small enough to play for her. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. What you're about to listen to may well turn out to be an unforgivable mess, but I can promise you we did absolutely everything we could. So be a good little peasant and don't blame us, okay? We only created all of this. It's been a year of truly bleak milestones here on Earth Prime, and Britain this week passed its grimmest yet. The coronavirus pandemic has now claimed over 100,000 lives in this country. It's also highlighted in glorious technicolour on social media just how fantastically thick some of the people you went to school with have turned out to be. I'm very sorry your nan got hit by a bus, Darren, but it's highly unlikely that COVID-19 truly was recorded as the sole cause of death on the certificate like you claim. Being unable to look both ways and see the very fucking obvious is clearly a hereditary problem for your family. It was a week for solemn reflection for the Prime Minister, who appeared on national TV once again, having only respectfully tousled his own hair this time, in order to reflect the gravity of the situation. Boris Johnson said he accepted full responsibility for one of the highest death tolls in the entire world, and then claimed the government had done absolutely everything they could have done, despite his refusal to follow the advice of his own medical experts at every turn being very much a matter of public record. To the uneducated layman, that seeming contradiction may well have come across as a tad psychopathic, but thankfully we've got just the man to translate Johnson's true meaning for us. Only a true conservative can understand another conservative, which is why we hand over now to our nauseatingly deferential correspondent, Sebastian Forlock. Thank you, Sam. It's been a while, but I'm positively overjoyed to be back as the true blue voice of reason here at the network. Our fearless government needs its boldest cheerleaders now more than ever. And, in return, I desperately need to feel like I'm gaining something, anything, from the political party to which I have surrendered everything I had to give. My body, my pride, my self-respect, my marriage. Poof! All of it. Dust in the wind. But it'll all be worth it, mark my words. The night is always darkest before the dawn, and soon you'll see, you'll all bloody see, I'm no fool, I'm too smart to fall into the trap of a sunk-cost fallacy, I just need to support the Tories even harder, and then it'll all start paying off. Yes, 
Yes, new daddy. Yes, pace around me. Build up the tension. I crave release. There's no doubt that this has been a positively awful week. The milestone of a hundred thousand deaths that we've just passed is a truly horrific one. Which is all the more reason that we must now all pull together. It's simply not the time for petty political point scoring. We need unity and cooperation. And for anyone with anything negative to say about the worst death rate in the entire world, to go and fuck a Union Jack until they've learned how to be a patriot. This is not the time for criticism or finger-pointing. Could any of you truly say you would have performed any better in this unprecedented crisis? Who do you think you are? One of the many, many countries that has demonstrably performed better? What we need right now isn't your useless hindsight, but the real bravery of complete indifference. We need a subservient, toothless, complicit media who bemoan the human tragedy whilst ignoring the decisions that caused it all. And we need total national apathy to the government, as it continues to stick to the approach that has completely failed us so far. That's right. Patchwork restrictions that seek to limit both the spread of the virus and the economic damage they cause. Double down, everyone! We can dig our way out of this hole if we just lower our heads and stop believing in the fantasy of the world above. New Zealand isn't even a real country. It's just hills and sheep and weird giant birds. Is that what you want, Britain? A virus-free country filled with weird giant birds? Well, not on my watch. It's a hundred thousand dead and normal-sized birds in my Britain, thank you very much. Ooh, a feather. Yes, new daddy. <laughs> Sugar and spice. Your submissive little pro likes it. Tease me, you beefy monolith. You all heard Boris Johnson this week. I'll not hear one more word about how he's dodged his responsibilities in this pandemic. He's done absolutely everything he could, and he takes full responsibility for all of it. Only history can judge him now, and I, for one, am absolutely certain that when the inevitable public inquiry comes, he will find himself thoroughly vindicated. I doubt I'll be able to find a single reality in the entire multiverse that concludes he could have done anything different. I suppose, maybe at a stretch, we could have avoided discharging positive cases into care homes, or prevented deaths by locking down sooner and in accordance with the guidance of the government's own scientific advisers. And we could have not stopped community testing in the first wave, thus allowing the virus to spread undetected while providing a thriving environment for uh, the mutation of new strains. <laughs> Maybe we could have fired Dominic Cummings and thus prevented undermining our entire lockdown strategy. And 
I suppose, at a real stretch, we could have prepared for the second wave properly rather than focusing on vendettas against the EU, the civil service, and the judiciary. But that's all bodies under the bridge at this point, isn't it? Boris has done all he can. He has performed exactly as well as Boris Johnson is capable of performing. This, what we're dealing with right now, is Boris Johnson's very best, and absolutely nobody should forget it. Now, if you'll excuse me, everyone, I've been out in the wilderness a little too long, and it's Time for this loyal little Tory to return to the fold. <laughs> I've missed the spiteful lash of my former master's whip. But after much soul-searching, I've decided that marriage, happiness, productivity, all of those things weren't ever truly for me. My true place is under the boot heels of my betters, and nobody embodies that contempt more than my new daddy. Nobody treats the commoners with more pity and disdain than Robert Jenrick. A full-size Union Jack in your Zoom studio, even as you appear on Sky to defend a hundred thousand dead. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Sneering about woke mobs in the Telegraph when the full extent of Britain's protest violence was the toppling of a single statue <laughs> in a blatant attempt to redirect public anger from your own corruption and failure. <gasps> hurt me, Daddy. It's been months I want to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, Daddy. Hurt me. Beat my misery out of me. Yes. Beat... Just, Daddy, seriously, don't be shy. <laughs> Honestly, you can, you can really put your shoulder into it. I'm, I, I'm not a fucking novice. <laughs> is, is that it? Is that actually the best Robert Jenrick has to offer? Can you do anything right, you wet fucking blanket of a man? Don't stop. Just stop. Christ, how are you the one embarrassing yourself when I'm the one that's naked and shackled to the tow bar of a shogun? I'm Sebastian Forlock, and even I'm starting to wonder if I've backed the right horse, reporting for IC News. The British government's race to outflank its own mistakes by vaccinating their way out of the crisis they created has continued apace this week, but the international scramble for adequate vaccine stocks has rapidly been descending into somewhat of a shitshow. Supply shortages caused by problems at production facilities in the EU have sparked a furious quarrel between the bloc and Britain, who, up until recently, had been getting on absolutely fabulously. On Friday, the European Union moved to block vaccines produced in its territory, but under contract to be delivered to Britain, being exported to Northern Ireland. It was just another example of Brexit proving to be the sort of acrimonious divorce that inevitably ends in a house fire and family annihilation. This week saw Westminster's very own curiously amorphous hardman Michael Gove insist that Britain's supply of vaccines would not be compromised by the EU's grandstanding. Danny Sutcliffe has been travelling the multiverse this week in search of a solution to the EU's vaccine crisis. Danny, it's my understanding that your travel plans have hit a little bit of a snag. Hiya, pal. Sadly, yes, you're quite right. Turns out there are quite a few destinations in the multiverse that are much arsier about this pandemic bollocks than Earth Prime. 
I'm currently trapped in a hotel room on Earth Lima Foxtrot Grand Budapest 15. I'm on day 11 of enforced quarantine, having been rudely rounded up by immigration services the moment across the dimensional border. I was hoping to find a parallel world where all this vaccine stuff was sorted. But sadly, I've been stuck in this shithole the whole time. Right, that's unfortunate, but we do have time to fill, so maybe we can just discuss the story instead. That's fine with me, pal. I've got fuck all else to do. The discussion will probably work a bit better if you don't eat all the way through it, Danny. That is what I mean. Sorry about that. It's just that it's a positively delightful 28 degrees out here on the balcony, overlooking the marina, and in this sort of heat, it's probably not wise to leave a £9 lobster sitting out for too long. (sighs) It's a fucking nightmare, this quarantine shite. Wouldn't wish it on me worst enemy. We could focus on the story, please. Absolutely, Sam. (laughs) Dead funny, isn't it? Sorry, what's funny about it? Well, pro-EU snowflakes like you losing their fucking minds about all this. What was it you told me back in the day? When Britain refused to sign up to the EU's invitation to purchase vaccines as a block? Not sure I can remember the exact conversation, to be honest. Well, that's all right, mate. I can remember it for you. A good journalist always can. It's a fucking ridiculous decision based on nothing more than short-sighted nationalism. We're cutting off our nose to spite our face, and it's going to have a drastic impact on our ability to source an adequate supply of vaccines. It's just one more example of Brexit shaping up to be an absolute fucking disaster. And for the last time, Danny, no. No, you can't do ketamine at work. It's a fucking ridiculous decision based on nothing more than short-sighted nationalism. (laughs) That aged well, didn't it? You dopey fucker. Yeah, alright, I've probably got to concede that you're allowed a certain level of schadenfreude on that one. I'll have nothing of the fucking sort, thank you very much. None of that German shite for me, pal. I will, however, take a sip of this delicious mojito and allow myself a certain level of pleasure derived from your misfortune and embarrassment. That's pretty much the dictionary definition of schadenfreude, Danny. But I said it in English, and that's just better. I think the German way is probably a bit more efficient. You would think that, wouldn't you? But it turns out you're fucking wrong. I'll take my apology now, by the way. Okay, I'll bite. What do I owe you an apology for, exactly? Uh, well, let me think. Uh, oh yeah, you prick. Brexit. All of it! I think it's probably a bit of a stretch to claim that this spat with the EU vindicates the entire Brexit process, Danny. Yes, it's certainly left Britain in a far more agile position in terms of vaccine deployment, but elsewhere there's still plenty of misery being felt by British businesses. And I suppose you bought your spade from the EU as well, did you? What spade? The one you just used to dig up and move the goalposts of this whole conversation, you pompous bellend. Just admit it, Sam. Admit it. Say, you were right, Danny. You're a journalist with impeccable integrity, and when it comes to Britain's vaccine programme, you were right. Being right once doesn't make you a journalist with impeccable integrity, Danny. And being right on vaccine procurement doesn't undo the horrific damage this government have inflicted throughout the pandemic. Oh, look, there go those fucking goalposts again. You're a weasley little shithouse, you know that. Not once, not once have you ever given me the credit I deserve. 
and I've never behaved with anything but the most perfect standards of professionalism. Hello, room service. Not now! Impeccable integrity and perfect professional standards, is it? I'll just double-check that, shall I? Here we are. Earth, Lima, Foxtrot, Grand Budapest 15. Hang on now, there's no need for that. Oh, will you look at that? It's a completely Covid-free universe, where a quirk of local folklore means that strawberry-blonde Mancunians are revered as living gods in Cuba. Apparently, Danny, it's customary to host them in the finest hotels and shower them with food and gifts. No, that that's not true at all. I'm under quarantine, and it's been a very noble struggle on my part. You're just strawmanning my argument. Hello, room service. Not now, Manuel! Okay, Mr. Sutcliffe, I will leave your shadow brand and get him in at the door. For fuck's sake. How about we just call this one a draw, Danny? Fine. I've still got three days left on me quarantine, though. No, you really haven't. Oh, and by the way, if you think we're paying you for this week, you are kidding yourself. I fucking hate you, Sam. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, reporting for IC News. It's been a momentous week in the world of finance, and remarkably, it's all centred around GameStop, a store that's basically an American CEX. And yes, I have seen the TV adverts, and no, I'm not going to call it sex. You're a chain of dingy storage lockers, staffed by grown men who still wear wallet chains and listen to deftones, and perpetually sexually harassed female cybergoths. Grow the fuck up and use acronyms properly. The last few weeks have seen an explosion in GameStop's stock price, after the subreddit WallStreetBets collectively organised to buy up shares and sabotage the efforts of hedge fund investors to short the company's stock. The stock market can be a tricky beast to understand, even for adults. So this week we're ending the show with something a little different. We'd love for IC News to be accessible to everyone, even our much younger listeners, so we've appointed a new correspondent to create the occasional news package for impressionable kids. David Stanier is a very enthusiastic young man, and I'm sure he'll be able to explain this story in a way all of us could understand. Hi there, kids. I'm David Stanier, and you're joining me here today for a very special IC News package. It's a super scary time out there in the world at the moment, and sometimes it can be hard making sense of it all. If you're anything like me, you'll have all kinds of thoughts and feelings swirling around in your tummy. Fear, paranoia, anger, a hazy, half-buried memory like mist trapped in amber of your father forcing you to shoot a dog. Stuff like that. It's all super confusing, but don't worry. As the network's new youth correspondent, it's my job to take all those jumbly-tumbly thoughts and feelings and squash them all up. Then, when they're a tidy little ball of news, you'll be able to swallow it down nice and easily with your ready break. Yum! With schools shut at the moment, it's more important than ever that you're learning about the real world. I'll never lie to you, kids. So let's switch our listening ears on. Click, and get ready to learn. Ears are listening. Eyes are looking, hands are still, voices quiet. This is how we listen, overthrow the system, kill the rich, kill the rich. So what's in the news this week, kids? Well, I want to talk to you about money. Money, money, money. It makes the world go round. And sometimes, the ruthless pursuit of profit becomes the driving force of a society, rather than a more socially conscious commitment to utilitarian principles like the greater good. When corporate lobbyists dictate political policy, you stop having a truly liberal democracy. 
Instead, as a member of the oppressed underclass, you find your life beholden to ruthless financial interests for whom personal liberty, health and fulfilment have little or no intrinsic value. Uh-oh. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Well, it is. Under a system based entirely on economic growth, rather than ethical principle, the life of the worker ceases being sacrosanct. Human beings stop being inherently deserving of rights and opportunity, and instead become an invisible variable in a cost-benefit analysis over which they have no control. Social progress in that environment inevitably stagnates, like a stinky old pond, as the beneficiaries of such a top-heavy system have endless resources with which to redirect the fury of the masses. This has never been more true than it currently is under the pandemic. The suggestion that coronavirus has been a great leveller, that targets all of us equally, is a monstrous falsehood. The wealth of the world's billionaires has soared during this crisis, even as millions of people around the globe slump into poverty and spirals of debt from which they may never recover. Whoa. Heavy, right? You betcha. But there's always a solution, kids. And it's never too early to start rebalancing the system. The information age means that now more than ever, everyday people are capable of organising and taking the fight to the sort of financial systems that keep wealth accumulating at the very top. The GameStop story proves that the financial establishment is no longer above the reach of publicly organised collective action, and it potentially marks a real turning point in Wall Street's ability to make billions for the elite by shorting stocks and collapsing businesses. But the establishment is already fighting back. <laughs> Which is why I've always preferred a more hands-on approach. It's like Father always said, They're all just animals, David. And if you can't even kill a dog, how are you ever going to kill a tyrant? Which brings us to our first lesson. Grab your pen and paper if you're listening at home. Prior preparation and planning prevents piss-poor performance. That's what we call an alliteration, kids. And it means all kinds of things. Like always thinking ahead. Making sure your fake passport is of the highest possible quality before travelling to Monaco. And remembering to compensate for both wind speed and direction, as well as bullet drop. And most importantly of all, don't remove the lens cap from your scope until you absolutely have to, as the private security firm employed by your target will inevitably be scanning the rooftops in the hot zone. No women. No kids. That pretty much concludes our news report and lesson for today, kids. And remember, especially with the stress of homeschooling at the moment, you don't have to be perfect all the time. Just use a high enough calibre of ammunition, and shock and blood loss will do most of the heavy lifting for you. Now let's sing our goodbye song. Wipe the gun down, obscure footprints, leave no trace, move with haste. Absail down the building, they'll never know you killed him. Kill the rich, kill the rich. I'm David Stanier, and remember kids, you are all beautiful and unique snowflakes. Reporting for IC News. And then, right? Paxman says, I've paid for the full hour. I'll eat whatever I want off his arsehole. Oh, fuck the lights on. I wasn't listening. Um, David's report, whatever the hell it ended up being, brings us to the end of our broadcast. We'll be back the same time next week. But for now, we leave you with the stories you may have missed. 
Joe Biden signs executive orders designed to address climate change, with America now capable of powering all of its energy needs by harvesting the raging bin fire of its democratic process. Boris Johnson visits Scotland in an attempt to make the case for the Union, and while there he tried some of the local cuisine. The tightly packed sack of offal and offcuts padded with cheap cereal apparently thought haggis was delicious. New Congresswoman and QAnon supporter Marjorie Taylor Greene finds herself being ridiculed after old Facebook posts of hers emerge, claiming that California's 2018 wildfires may have been started by Jewish space lasers. I haven't really got a joke here, this is just a real woman who now has a role on the committee overseeing education policy. And finally, the government withdraws a sexist stay-at-home ad campaign that showed women working from home and doing chores while the man of the house lay on a sofa. It's to be replaced with a much more accurate pandemic graphic, featuring both parents drinking wine at 10am while their two children shout racist slurs into an Xbox headset instead of doing schoolwork. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support can we reach more people and build a larger audience. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description, so if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours. Hello again. It's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with the right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger meat. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar.